Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks for joining us here for episode 622, where Kirsty Bortoff's got some pro tips on how to take control of stress before it takes control of you. And thanks so much for your patience amidst this little bit of a hiatus. Like that's the first time we've ever done that. It was the craziest thing. My wife and I both had COVID and the symptoms weren't too brutal. And they're mostly all wrapped up now. Got a little bit of brain fog and fatigue. So hopefully I don't say anything stupid. <laughs> if I do, that's what's going on. But yeah, thankfully we are, are back and, and okay and, and kind of getting situated uh, back in the saddle here. So appreciate your patience and the kind words. I, I received several lovely notes from you listeners. Much appreciated. And yeah, so we're back in the groove. So I hope you had a lovely Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. And even if you're not in the U.S., you had reason to give thanks and, and enjoy some quality time with quality people safely. In today's episode, you'll learn one, how to unhijack your brain in 12 seconds, two, how to effectively deal with stress in five steps, and three, the number one reason most people struggle with stress. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items that we've referenced, you can find them at awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP622 as an episode, short for EP, get it? EP622. There's those goods there. You could also sign up for some really cool other resources such as the Gold Nugget email list, which summarizes all of the guests' wisdom and each in an email you can read within two minutes, as well as access to searchable transcripts of every episode ever. So that's a little magnifying glass in the top, a handy feature at awesomeatyourjob.com, as well as every episode tagged by the, the topic, the subtopic, and the competency that we cover. So you might find a real goodie in the back catalog if you play around a little bit at awesomeatyourjob.com. Now here's Kirsty's story. Kirsty Bortoft is an award-winning mindset coach to entrepreneurs and professionals. She helps them to dissolve stress and anxiety without having to resort to medication and traditional therapy. Kirsty developed her unique freedom alignment method, which is a three-stage process that crushes the obstacles so many high achievers frequently face during their lifetimes. Obstacles that inevitably leave them feeling trapped by their current circumstances and pulled from the inner peace and happiness they deserve despite working so very hard for it. Big thanks to Kirstie for sharing her wisdom with us. And big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome? And with a fresh year, perhaps you're like many small business owners looking for some fresh insight and talent to make 2024 extra amazing. Well, LinkedIn Jobs has created tremendous tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. I love how they make it so easy with their promotion and selection tools. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, no, no. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Here's some fun facts. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome. That's linkedin.com slash B-E-A-W-E-S-O-M-E, as in you are being awesome, be awesome, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, here is Kirsty. Kirsty, thanks for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. 
Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so excited to learn your wisdom. And it sounds like you've got a lot of it. And I understand you are a monk. What's the story here? <laughs> yeah, I know. It always makes people laugh when I say this. I am um, what's called an Ashaya monk of the Bright Path. So yeah, it was a, a journey that started at the start of 2005 when I started getting really into kind of self-development and wanting to know more about, I guess, how to live my best version of my life. And I went on a bit of a soul-searching journey. And in 2010, I bumped into a friend and he'd been on this meditation retreat. And I was like, do you know what? I think I need a bit of Zen in my life. So he said, well, here's a link, go and have a look. So I did. But to be honest, I don't know about you, but I always had an image of meditation being pretty boring because I thought sitting mm-hmm. around with your eyes shut and I'm a kind of person that's got quite a lot of energy and I like getting up and doing things. And I thought, oh, I don't know if it's going to be for me. But anyway, I went for this weekend and I had this light bulb moment. And the only way I can describe it is imagine a jigsaw. And there's one piece that just can't find its way home. And on this Saturday morning, the lady shared something and it kind of went ka-chunk. And I just saw this vision of realizing that I'd been spending my whole entire life trying to fix myself on the outside. And I realized at that moment that no wonder I find life stressful and really difficult because there was always another problem. And so what they taught me was to shift my attention from the outside and go inside. So I thought, oh, I think I need a bit of this. So after doing that weekend course, I bundled my children into a car. We drove to Spain and we lived at the top of a Spanish mountain. And I studied with some Ashaya monks on the workings of the mind and how the mind-body connection works and how to go inwards. And after about six years, I graduated as a monk myself. Six years? No yeah. kidding. Yeah, it was quite a journey. So you moved to another country and hung out for six years with kids. No, I came back and forth. Okay. But yeah, 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 yeah. Came back and forth. But yeah, on and off for six years. And then in 2015, I graduated as a magic monk, which is hilarious because you can see me. I don't really look like a monk. I mean, I know well, you're wearing a, an Xbox headset on your, <laughs> on your head at the moment, which isn't... Yeah, this yeah. seems on sons. brand <laughs> for, the, for monks. Very trendy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's cool. And so, yeah, one of the things I do now is I teach the, the Bright Path Meditation Ascension, which means to rise above the mind. All right. Well, well let's let's talk about the mind. So I want to dig into stress and mindset and 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 just learn all of your your good stuff. So great. You know, let, let's think about. In your experience working with professionals, mm-hmm. uh, what do you see uh, over and over again are kind of the, the biggest sources of stress? So stress really is triggered by four different areas, and you'll relate to all of this, and I'll tell you. You know, you've got chemical stress, so you get stressed out because you've got a hangover. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying that you would relate well, to that, do it. but you know, yeah, that'll do it. Um, you know, a virus, which is obviously a big topic right now bacteria, medication, for example. So that's chemical stress, everyday sort of stress. But you've also got emotional stress and everyone knows like when we've had that stressful day at work with perhaps a colleague or maybe you're just not getting on quite well with your partner or there's been a fallout with a neighbor. So that's kind of emotional stress. Then you've got the good old physical stress. So that's when you're injured or you've just been, maybe you've just had a really long week at work and you haven't stopped and physically you're exhausted. But then there's a fourth one, and I think this is the most important part, that 
when I learned this, it completely changed my relationship to the way I saw stress. And that's this, that we are the only organism, which I think there's about something like 8.7 million other organisms on this planet, but we're the only one that can trigger the stress hormone, which is cortisol, with thought alone. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is you could be sat on your sofa at home, potentially thinking about, I don't know, business meeting, or perhaps you had an argument with somebody yesterday, or maybe you've got to go and have a difficult conversation at work tomorrow, and your mind thinks that you're, that's actually happening now. So your subconscious mind has no ability to differentiate between what's real and what's not. So it just thinks, oh my goodness, little Johnny is having some sort of stress. We need to protect him. So it does its job and it triggers off the stress hormone. Meanwhile, you're actually sat on your sofa watching an episode of Game of Thrones, (laughs) something Mm -hmm. like that. But your mind does not know that it's not happening now. And I think it's such an important fact for people to know that actually their thoughts have a lot to do with the mental, emotional, physical state in which we get into. Yeah. Well, no, that resonates. And, and I think for me, it's, it's so funny how I can, I can just sort of, I can just kind of imagine like that I'm, let's say I'm going to, I'm going to submit some work to a client somewhere. Yeah. And then I think that they might critique something. Mm. And then I would start thinking about, it's like, well, they do that. And I'm going to be like, well, look, you kept changing the deadline on me, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, it's like, I'm, I'm, al- I'm already having a fight. That's not a real fight, but yep. like with an imaginary person about something, which, which they probably won't even bring up. But to, and then I'm, I'm worked <laughs> up at, truly as though mm. they are, you know, ripping into me right now. Absolutely. And so that happens all the time. Mm. And so but that's good to know that that one, yep, that the body will just naturally react to that and produce those kinds of things as though I'm really there. I guess two immediate thoughts there are are one, if I if I don't care to go there and have mm-hmm. those thoughts and the yep. emotions that come from those thoughts, mm-hmm. how do I develop a sense of mastery and of my thoughts so that I can just choose? Hmm, yeah, I'm not going to think about that right now, <laughs> and that's okay. Well, without having the lobotomy, the best yeah. way is look, it, you do, it is mastery. You are right in the terminology that you use there. Because one of the things I say in my signature program, the Freedom Alignment Method, is that number one, awareness precedes all change. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to become aware that we actually are going off into this addictive thinking, actually, because even if it is us having like an imaginary argument with our work colleague who's really annoyed us because it never made us a cup of tea and made Mm. everyone else one. Even if that's what we're doing in our mind, that is still, as I said before, triggering the stress hormone. And so the first part of it actually is becoming aware that you've gone off into that thinking pattern because quite often we go into the imaginary states in the future or in the past and it takes us a while to even realize that we're doing that But meanwhile, what happens is your mind and body are completely connected. So you know this is true because have you ever been really hungry and you've like walked into someone's home who's baking some fresh bread or you've walked into a restaurant and you can smell some beautiful food and you're starving hungry, you see the food, 
It's nowhere near your mouth, but your mouth starts to salvate. Mm -hmm. And that's purely because your mind and body are connected. So in the same sense, what happens is you attach yourself to a thought that then goes off into thinking. So you start thinking about this work colleague or this, you know, this deadline, like you said. And what then what happens is the thoughts are the language of the mind, but the body then kicks in with emotions. And all emotions and all thoughts are in the same vibrational level. So I've, for example, have never had a client who is utterly pieced out who is having an anxiety attack. Same way around, I've never met anybody who's thinking really negative thoughts who feels like they've got loads of energy. The mm. mind and body are completely the same at all times. So if you are feeling stressed, the stress hormone, some of the effects are, it makes your heart go faster, it makes you feel quite clammy and sweaty, but it also makes you feel quite exhausted. And in the same breath, when you're feeling elated and you're feeling excited about life, you feel like you're energized. Suddenly you've got this like energy from nowhere and anything's possible. And so that's purely because your mind and body are completely connected. So one triggers the other. They always are the same. So how do you stop that? As soon as you become aware that you are actually starting to downward spiral, so you've gone off into that addictive thought, you simply go, stop, Kirsty. Stop right now. Now, depending on where you are, I don't suggest you say it out loud because people might think you're going a bit bananas. But wherever you are in your car driving to work, whether you're working on your laptop or you're with people, you can literally in your head just tell yourself to stop. And in that moment, you then take your attention and you put it on something different. So the chemical reaction of an emotion is 12 seconds. That's it. So if you take your attention and put it onto something different, very quickly, you start to change the chemical reactions within your body, which then start to change your thought patterns and vice versa. So the big part of this is really going, do you know what? I actually have control over where I put my attention. But the first part is I need to become aware. I need to become aware of where I am putting my attention. And recently, because there is so much stress going on in, in our planet, you know, with the virus, and then we've also got to see what's going on in America right now, it's very easy to get sucked into like the TV and all the negativity. And it's very easy to be caught up in conversations about that. And sometimes you have to ask yourself, how much of this do I need to put myself in front? Like, okay, I need to know what's going on in the world, but do I need to be like, putting myself around that negativity 24-7 when it's actually making me feel horrendous? And the answer to that is mm -hmm. no. No, you have a yeah. choice. You know, you have total choice. And I always say to people, you know, look, we've got no control over what happens in our planet. So, you know, it could start snowing, for example, um, and we've got no control over that. That's a fact. But we have total control over the meaning we give something. So it might be that you have got a really sort of big event at work about to, you're about to embark on. It may be pushing you out of your comfort zone. It may be quite challenging, but instead of getting caught up in the what ifs and this could go wrong and that could go wrong and people might judge me and, oh my goodness, you know, my career could be over. Instead of doing that, you can just stop and say, you know, it hasn't happened yet. And right now, I have the ability to give it a different meaning. And the meaning I'm going to give it is, God, this is so exciting. It's new. 
Who cares if it doesn't go 100% right? I'll learn from it. I'll still be living at the end of it, hopefully. You know, it's all about you giving your power back to yourself and saying, what meaning am I giving this stuff? And is it actually real? And by Mm -hmm. choosing the right meaning will change your state and change the way you feel about something. Well, there's, there's a lot of great stuff there. What 12 seconds is, I think that's huge right there. And I think that's about true. In terms, I think of, talk about, you know, taking three deep breaths, for example, that might be 12-ish or a little bit more seconds. And, and then that is sufficient to move from one place to, to another. Mm-hmm. And, and then choosing the meaning that you're, you're given there, that's cool. Mm. Well, th- well, thank you. Well, so then let's talk about choosing meanings uh, in a big way when it comes to, to mindsets kind of across a whole lot of stuff <laughs> as opposed to one, one given moment or experience. Yeah. So you are an award-winning mindset coach I am <laughs> in, in your bio, which, um, which I find mm-hmm. exciting because I, I've been listening recently to Kelly McGonigal's The Upside of Stress, <laughs> and I hope to have her on the show soon. Oh, exciting. And I was so intrigued how there were, there were a number of mindset interventions mm-hmm. which don't take a whole lot of effort but really do kind of yield to or yield great results, whether whatever you're measuring in terms of like it's not dropping out of college or whatever. Yeah. Years later. And so I thought that was awesome. Whenever there's just a little bit of effort produces a lot of bit of result. Very cool. So can you, you lay it on us now? What's a mindset and what are some of the most high leverage things we can do yeah. to adjust our mindsets to make good things happen for us? Yeah, it's a brilliant question. So, I mean, I think I want to start off first of all and say that our brains for the last 50,000 years have not changed very much at all. And our minds, which at the end of the day, the brain is the house in which the mind works from. The mind has many different functions, but one of the functions that it has is the stress response system. So, we may have something going wrong with a colleague at work. And we may feel stressed about it, but we can't go into the office and start fighting for our lives when we get annoyed by somebody or just run. Our fight or flight system, however, still kicks in and it's literally kicking in like a false alarm almost. And so what happens is every time this happens, it releases a stress hormone, the stress hormone into the body, into the system. Now, any organism can deal with short term stress. We've been made to deal with it. It's fine. The problem comes when it's on repeat and it's happening day in, day out. And unfortunately, most people, every single day of their lives, whether they're aware of it or not, are triggering the stress hormone, maybe not just once, twice, three times. And so this is what happens when the stress hormone gets turned on. You have two parts of your body that are happening all the time. So you've got your immune system, which is fantastic. It's protecting you from viruses, it's protecting you from bacteria, it's doing a great job. And you've also got maintenance because your body is continually rejuvenating. I mean, in the last five days, you've had brand new taste buds on your tongue, which is phenomenal. So you've got these two aspects at work. But as soon as you start getting stressed and you start having acute stress, the first thing that happens is your immune system gets switched off. Now, again, if it was just switched off for a short time, not a problem, but you can see where the problem kind of kicks in when it gets switched off for long term. So 
how do we deal with this? How do we ensure that our immune system is, especially now, is firing on all cylinders? So the Freedom Alignment Method is a is my signature program that I've created over the last 10, 15 years, and it addresses this exact problem. So you might want to grab paper and pen because I am going to literally give you the five most simplest steps that if you implement these, it works. Now we say it works, let's get it really clear. Now, yeah. what is the, the goal, result, the outcome that we achieve by doing this? So I always imagine cortisol being like little taps in your brain that releases into the body. So if you imagine what it does, it allows the little taps to be switched back off so that your stress hormone stops releasing into the body and you start to return back into homeostasis. Okay. So we stop stress yep. just like that. Okay. Intriguing. Let's proceed. So the first step is you probably know this first step because it's quite commonly known that when we get stressed, we don't, we don't breathe very well. We really go shallow in our breathing. And so it cuts off oxygen to the brain, which makes us feel weird. So the first most simplest step is let's get some oxygen into your brain and take three really big breaths. And that is so simple, I know. But honestly, I can't tell you that first little step, how it sets you up for the rest of this process. So once you've done the first part, you've got some oxygen in the brain, you start to feel less weird. Now, step two, I mentioned earlier, awareness precedes all change. So you first of all, ask yourself, what have I been putting my attention on? So it might be in your mind, or it might be actually something in front of you. Okay. So it could be actually happening, or it might be just that you're thinking about it. So what have you been putting your attention on? Once you've established what you've put your attention on, the next thing is you need to start taking personal responsibility for the next step. Now, what does that mean? (laughs) You're probably thinking, well, I do. What it means is that probably what you've been doing over and over again hasn't been working, so we need to do something different. Now, I just love what Einstein said, which is like the definition of insanity is repeating the same behavior and expecting something different oh my goodness, how many times have we all done that and then got really cross because we haven't either felt better or things haven't turned out right for us. And we do this all the time. And so this part of the process is going, I'm prepared to do something completely different and trust that by doing something different, I will get a different result. So this is where the paper and pen comes in. So This process is called the field, deal and dump process, which is what I named it. And it's a fundamental part which underpins the freedom alignment method. And it's the most simplest thing. So listen, because you might miss it. The first part of this is you need to ask yourself, what was that thing that I asked you to do in step two, which was what are you putting your attention on? So I'll give an example. Let's say you're at work and you've been putting your attention on a deadline. And actually you've been winding yourself up, getting worried, thinking you won't get it done. Then this is going to be the title that you put on your paper. So you put that at the top of your paper, stressed or worried about a deadline. Now, this is the part that is fundamental to this process. Now, I always, before I share this part, I always say this process is really not difficult and it isn't, but it is different. And because it is different, the mind will try and jump in and say, this is too simple. It's not going to work. I'm going to invite you now to ignore that running commentary 
and just do something different anyway and just see the result. So you've written down at the top of the paper, you've written down that I'm worried about a deadline. Now, this is what you need to do next. You take your paper to pen, pen to paper even, (laughs) and without thinking, which is quite difficult, which is why I get you to write, because when you're writing, it takes your mind off actually trying to think about something. I want you to just directly go to that title and ask yourself, how does this honestly make me feel? And I just then want you to start writing and allow your pen to flow like a stream of consciousness. Now, what might happen is your mind might try and kick in. If it does, just take your pen off your paper, take a deep breath, go back to it and just keep on writing. This exercise can sometimes take a minute or 10 minutes or 20 minutes. It really doesn't matter, but you'll know when you've brain dumped it enough because there'll be nothing left to write. And what you're actually doing at this point is you're actually going straight into subconscious and you're releasing any suppressed stress and any um, suppressed emotions directly onto the paper. So you're letting things go and you're doing something different. So you keep writing. Sometimes when I do this exercise, I can't even read my writing. It's like a mess. It doesn't matter. The intention is how this process works. So you keep writing until there's nothing left to write. And then as soon as you have finished, you ask yourself a simple question. Have I written about my feelings or have I written about what went on? Now, if you've written about what went on, I want you to stop and go back because it's really important that you write about the emotion and not the act, the actual thing that's gone on. Once you've finished this, you take your piece of paper, you scrumple it up and you go outside and set it on fire Mm. and give it back to the universe. And what we're doing there is we're just doing the cycle. So we're taking the, the emotion out of the body onto the paper and then giving it back to the universe. It is so simple that people sometimes get it wrong. And I know that's ridiculous because I'm saying it like this right now, but it's because the mind is, the egoic mind is a control freak and it likes to keep you in your comfort zone. So when you do something different, it will have a running commentary and its commentary is always pessimistic because its job is to look for problems. It's not the enemy actually, it's doing its job, but your job is in this moment is to override that and not listen and just go back to the emotion. Now, once you set it on fire, you've given it back to the universe, you then need to take your attention, so this is step five, and put it onto something upward spiraling. And to be honest, the best upward spiraling thing that you can ever put your attention on is simply gratitude because gratitude naturally expands your experience upwards. So just find one thing, it doesn't matter what it is, and just write down why you are grateful for that thing. Or you can even say out loud, it's fine. But what you're doing then is you're now choosing to put your attention on something that's expansive rather than downward spiraling. And when you do that, It allows you to be more grounded and centered in the present moment and stops you from going back off into that kind of mindless chitter chatter that's going to cause the stress and trigger the hormone again. There you go. (laughs) In a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we start with the three breaths. We say, what's their attention on? I'm worried because of a meeting or or whatever. Yep. And the journal on how does that honestly make me feel? Just Mm -hmm. sort of the emotions, not the thoughts, not the thing. There's the feelings. Then you set the page on fire and then you put your attention on something like gratitude and that's your five steps. So 
Well, let me talk about the fire just for a second. Like, yeah. if, if some people are in office buildings. Yeah, please don't do it there. Can you rip it up? Or is that okay? Give yeah, it's okay. So, yeah, please don't be like, <laughs> our fires have gone up. No, yeah, absolutely. If you're inside, then obviously do that mm-hmm. or maybe save it till later. Yeah, don't do it and um, set the fire alarm off. And what, what, what's intriguing here is, I, I think in step three, that, that distinction in terms of the feelings. Like, can you give us some examples? Like, how does it make me feel? Because I, I think that yep. you'd just say sad, angry. Well, that, yeah, but I have a feeling mm-hmm. there's going to be a little bit more to it than that. Yeah, so well, let's just take the title that we're stressed because we've got a deadline. So it might be, this is hypothetical, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling like judged, feeling not good enough, feeling hopeless. I mean, I'm just making that up. It's Mm -hmm. that simple. And it's literally whatever is there in the moment for the person they write down. And you know, the power of this exercise is, is the energetics really of what you're doing, because the person is doing something completely different to what they've been doing. So mostly what happens when we experience something that's uncomfortable is our knee-jerk reaction is to push that thing away whatever it might be even if it's not actually happening in real life it's happening within our mind knee-jerk reaction is to push it away and the reason for that is because we've been programmed to move from pain to pleasure at all costs which is why when we decide to go on a diet and lose weight unless we have actually dealt with the unconscious programming in our minds what will happen is we will sabotage ourselves every single time because the the desire to move from pain to pleasure will be so great that we'll end up back in the fridge eating that piece of chocolate cake saying, I'll start on Monday. Before, when we felt stressed, we've suppressed the emotion back down into our subconscious by usually by distraction techniques like drinking, maybe spending money we haven't got on our credit card, potentially staying up too late, playing video games, all these types of things are distracting us from really the real feelings that are actually going on in that experience. And so what this process does is it takes us from what I call resisting the experience into feeling. And when we do that, we go into a state of allowing. When we go into a state of allowing, that is the only place where healing and letting go can happen. So when we're in resistance, it's not possible because we are literally pushing something and resisting something and we haven't got the space for something to move. But when we shift that into a state of allowing, it allows it to go. It allows it to move on and and be set free. And so this simple, simple exercise, the power in it is because the person for the first time is taken out of resistance into a state of allowing. And when they do that, they are allowed to freely let go of the suppressed emotion, this, the anger, the, the guilt, the fear, whatever it may be. They're allowed to honor it, feel it, and let it go. We've been taught, most of us from childhood, that feeling, you know, bad negative emotions are, are not good. And, you know, I mean, I was told when I was younger, you know, come on, Kirsty, pull your socks up, you'll be fine, you know, if I was upset about something. And it wasn't my parents would be awful. It was that they were trying, they thought they were doing the right thing. But the truth was that I was immediately learned from a very young child that it wasn't good to show being upset because 
I felt like I hadn't done something right or it wasn't good to feel angry. And so what I learned was to push these emotions down and we've all done it. And the reason for that is because the way that the brain has been designed is that between about the age of two and the age of seven is our brainwaves are in this like theta state, which is the imaginary state. It's also the time called the hypnotic state as well. And the hypnotic stage of the brain is when we download programs. So we download how to survive. We download how to be in the world. We download how to interact with each other. We download our parents' belief systems. We download at school what's right and what's wrong. And the majority of it's really good stuff. And it teaches us how to be adults the problem is, is that there is certain things that are slightly dodgy and don't serve us. So for example, we've all heard the one, money doesn't grow on trees. And so what happens is we download these, these programs unconsciously and suddenly at the age of seven, our brainwaves change and we go into beta stage, which say, which is what you and I are in now. The fundamental shift with that is that now we only can learn through repetition right? So what happens is when we have a stressful experience, the brain's been designed to keep you alive. So what it does is it takes that experience. And if it could speak, it would say something like, can little Johnny right now deal with this stress? No, he can't. So it take that emotion and it would push it into your subconscious mind. And I always describe it a little bit like we've all got this rucksack on our back, which is invisible, but we're carrying it around life. And every time we go through something really stressful, we chuck a bit of it into this bag. Now, as I said to you earlier, your mind and body are completely connected. And so this bag's large, but it's not infinite. And so at some point it gets so full, it starts to overflow. And when it starts to overflow, it flows from the mind into the body and starts manifesting as stress and anxiety and depression and migraines and and so all we're doing when we're doing this exercise is we're we're not just dealing with the actual stress of the moment we're actually starting to release some of that out of our bag so when we start feel dealing dumping we're letting go of some of this unnecessary stuff that we have just dragged through our whole entire lives and so what I love about this technique the feel dealing dump is that it is so simple and it's probably likely you're going to have to do it more than once because you've got a lifetime of stuff, but that's okay. And what I suggest to people is if you are feeling really stressed, you are feeling really anxious, then just keep doing this exercise over and over again and you will get some relief. I promise you. And if you're struggling, then reach out, reach out and have a chat because I'd love to help you. Cool. Thank you. All right. Well, tell me anything else you want to make sure to mention before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things. Shall I tell you about my book that's coming out in two weeks? Oh, sure thing. <laughs> so Break Free from Pain, it's my first book. So I'm really excited. It's more like a guide to help people with physical, emotional, or mental pain. And it's a step-by-step handhold process to be able to really support you in ensuring that you can live an empowered life rather than a stressful life. Okay. Well, now could you share with us a favorite study or experiment or bit of research? I'm a massive, massive fan of a number of different scientists, but especially neuroscientists. My favorites are Joe Dispenza. I love him. He's amazing. And his publications on the mind. And also, I just love Biology of Beliefs, which is another book 
I also love David Hawkins. His work is incredible. And unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. But his work, he's got a fantastic book called Letting Go, which I would say is my go-to book. And he's also done lots and lots of studies on consciousness and the mind. And I just think he's phenomenal. So his work and publications, I would recommend over and over again. And how about a favorite tool, something you use to be awesome at your job? Meditation, I guess, is the first thing that came into my head. But I would also say that it's not just meditation. I'm a massive fan of daily rituals. So every morning, I feel like the first hour or two has got to be about inputting back into the soul. So for me, I get up and I do meditate, but I also move my body a little bit. I also ensure that I have some good nutrition and I also make sure that I set a really positive intention for not just the day, but just for my life. And I think that that makes a massive impact on how I feel for the rest of the day. And is there a particular nugget you share that really seems to connect and and resonate with folks? Yeah. All my clients know what I'm like. And then one of the things I always say is, I just think that the first couple of hours of your day really set up the rest of your day. So if you get up and you are consciously inputting positive, expansive things into your experience, what happens is I feel like I go out into the day and so obviously real life still happens, but I feel like I can deal with it. It doesn't get to me. It's again about making a conscious decision about the meaning I'm giving things. And how I do that is by these daily rituals. And I guess the other thing I I throw in there is is back to the old gratitude as well, because it's such a superpower and I think so underused. And if folks want to learn more or get in touch, where would you point them? So come and get in touch definitely at www.kirsty-bortoft, which is B-O-R-T-O-F-T.com. Um, you can email me at hello, kirsty-bortoft.com. I'm on YouTube, which is The Mindset Coach, Kirsty Bortoft. Or you can find me under the same names on um, Facebook or Twitter, Kirsty Bortoft. And if you want the spelling of that, I don't know whether I need to spell that out slowly or whether it'll be somewhere on here. Oh, so it'll be the show notes, but uh, B-O-R-T-O-F-T. Perfect. And Kirsty, not Christy for yeah. the, <laughs> the, with the K. And, and do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks looking to be awesome at their jobs? Yeah, I think it's, I just think that it's got to come back to that we as human beings are so powerful and we give away our powers way too easily. And I think that the action here is tomorrow when you wake up is just remind yourself that you have the choice of where you put your attention firstly and the meaning you give things. So don't give that power away because anything is possible. And honestly, you sincerely are in control of your destiny when you do that. So just make sure that you live your best version by putting that first. All right, Kirstie, it's been fun. I wish you lots of luck in all your (laughs) ventures. Thank you so much. You know, I got a real kick out of when Kirstie was describing the sources of stress or those four types of triggers, the chemical, the emotional, the physical, and the thought. It's like, yeah, thought is big for me. And I imagine all these things that I need not imagine. But with those breaths and those redirection of attention, well, great things can happen to to head that off at the pass. So great stuff from Kirsty. If you're going to burn some papers, <laughs> do it safely. Don't start a fire. But I like the drama. In fact, I believe it was in during my illness, I watched the entirety of The Last Dance, the, the Chicago Bulls series which is funny because I'm not a huge sports guy, but I remember as a kid being excited about the Bulls because Chicago was near me. 
and growing up in Danville, Illinois. And my dad was watching it, so I was watching it a little bit. And that was one of the exercises that uh, legendary coach Phil Knight did toward the end there in terms of bringing some closure. And they said that was super powerful for them. So, hey, man, bring yourself that closure all the more frequently. Why not? Kirsty's got a lot of folks saying it works great for them. So again, the show notes, the transcript, the links to items we've referenced are at awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP622. Hope to catch you next time. And peace. Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered. Second, subscribe to the podcast and get future episodes automatically. You can subscribe by telling Siri and several other smartphones and speakers, subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast or by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. Hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job.